you want to live a life of freedom and adventure? Are you wanting more than the daily grind? Me too. Welcome to The Emma Lovell Show, a place where we talk about living a life you love now. I'm your host, Emma Lovell, and my number one value is freedom. I've spent the last 14 years running a business and traveling the world, and now I take my husband and toddler along for the adventure too. It's possible and I know you can create a life doing what you truly love as well. This podcast will inspire, motivate, and encourage you to go after your dreams, to create a life you love and to live it now, not wait for retirement or someday in the future. I'll be sharing episodes weekly about how I harmonize business, travel, and self-care. I'll also bring on incredible guests to share their journeys, the wins, the challenges, and how they're creating a life they love. Let's jump in and get dreaming. This is a space for you to manifest a life you love. I would like to acknowledge and recognize Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first peoples of this place, now known as Australia. I am grateful for the continuing care of the land, waterways and skies where I work, live, listen, learn and play. From here on Yugambeh country and from wherever you are listening, I pay my respects to the elders past and present. Hello and welcome to today's episode where I am going to recount our most incredible, amazing business and family trip that we just uh, had in Europe and India. We visited nine countries in three and a half weeks and I'm going to share with you what was working and wonderful and what didn't work and what I've learned along the way. So please indulge me as I share some of our fabulous anecdotes. So our trip went, uh, we left on the 21st of October and we went via Singapore to the UK. Now, originally we were going to leave earlier in October, but I ended up having a conference in New Zealand. So I flew back from New Zealand on the 19th. We were in Australia on the uh, 20th and on the 21st, I was in Singapore. So I was in extra countries. I was, it was um, frustrating in a way. We would have, I actually would have been in seven countries in seven days but we decided to slow down uh, in Bosnia and uh, have an extra night there, which was always um, our plan was to have a little buffer. So the plan was UK for a couple of days, then Montenegro, Bosnia, Croatia, Albania for five days. We only had accommodation booked the first and last nights. That was actually originally, originally meant to be 10 days, but um, then we found out my 100-year-old cousin, my grandmother's cousin, the first cousin twice removed, was going to be in the US, in Belgium on a veterans tour visiting uh, sites in France and Belgium and uh, Luxembourg uh, from uh, World War II. He's a World War II Navy veteran. So, uh, of course, we had to take that opportunity. So we flew then to Belgium and Luxembourg, drove into Luxembourg. Then we went back to the UK for my cousin's wedding and then fly to India for a little bit before Matt and Finn flew home and I stayed on to do the retreat. Um, so yeah, we flew through Singapore. Um, I feel very blessed and it's uh, something I'm going to share very soon about frequent flyer points. And I have worked uh, pretty diligently at playing the system so that I got platinum status with Virgin Australia. And then we've been flying partner airlines to ensure that we keep the status, but also to get the benefits. So it was so lovely flying out of Brisbane on Singapore 
because we got to use the lounge. And it was, you know, some people are like, oh, whatever, the lounge. And I'm like, if you're used to having it, then maybe you get a bit complacent. And if you've never had it, then you're kind of like, well, what's so good about it anyway? I can tell you with having a toddler, it is amazing to have the lounge. To not have to go, you know, how many times have you with a child? So I flew with my my son is almost three. Uh, he was, yeah, like, I don't know, two years, 10 months when we went away. And he's traveled quite a bit, but, you know, in an airport, you're trying to get snacks for them. You buy something and then they don't want it. Um, there's also a limited variety, of course. Um, and, you know, if three of us are eating, that can be like $80 to $100. And we flew through a lot of airports. So to have food and drink readily available, um, to have lots of seating options and chairs or um, places to charge your devices, um, it's all supervised as well. So, um, you know, like you can leave your bag kind of thing and you can go to the bathroom and leave your bag and not have to carry all your stuff around. That is such a huge benefit when you're traveling. Um, and it was just really nice food, really well catered, um, really nice space. Um, and to be honest, Brisbane Airport isn't my favorite of it's my local, but it's not my favorite in terms of international airport and what's the, um, sort of shops and food area while you're waiting. So it was such a treat to get to go in there. Um, and I was really frustrated the week before when I'd flown to New Zealand because there wasn't a partner lounge um, when I was flying Virgin International. Uh, so that was a bit frustrating. So it was really nice added bonus. Uh, Singapore Airlines are fantastic. They're so good with kids. It was really lovely. Um, they just, they serve the kids first. They give them little gift packs. Um, the seats are nice, the um, entertainment's nice, and um, Finn uh, had a bit of a sleep, so it was totally fine. Then we flew into Singapore, and again, we got to use the lounge. It was quite funny, though. We went to the lounge, and it was like there's the business class, there's the first class lounge. We weren't going there. There was the business class lounge. We weren't going there. So we were going into the, the plebs lounge of the lounges. But it was still very nice and still great to get to have some food and drink and have some space uh, to chill out before we went for our next long leg uh, to London. And we fortunately all got some sleep, which was great. We arrived very early in the morning in London. And, you know, before I went, um, I didn't know if it was like the best financial decision to go. I didn't, uh, you know, it's always going to cost a lot of money whenever you go. Um, I didn't know like timings, everything had been a bit hectic. We've had a lot going on in my family. I didn't know if it was the right thing. So to arrive to London and I like the cold. So it was a bit fresh when we got outside to get that rush of fresh air. And then we got an Uber to the city, um, because honestly, um, the Paddington Express, the train or the, the tube with the three of us was almost the same as an Uber and more hassle, um, we were going to Hyde Park. And so, you know, sometimes you're going to weigh those options up and it's definitely decisions when I travelled when I was younger I didn't make. Um, and I just thought, you know, think about your future self, think about your energy, think about the comfort of my son and my husband and all of us. And so we got an Uber. And driving through London in the early hours is such so much easier and the sun was rising and we got to our charming little hotel, couldn't check in, but um, nice little townhouse right near Hyde Park, and then we walked across the road into this beautiful, stunning park in one of my favourite months of the year. It was October, not November, the cold weather, crisp cold, and I just thought, I am so happy I'm here and I am so glad that I made this decision and we are exactly where we need to be. My son was 
on Matt's shoulders. Finn was on Matt's shoulders looking up at the squirrels in the tree. Um, we just were all in awe and wonder, and that's what travel does. It opens, like, the simple things, the simple things of swans, um, a beautiful fountain. We had a coffee in the park, um, just walked around. You know, and, and though I've uh, my parents are English and I've been to England a lot of times, I'm often with family, and so um, I even lived there for a year. But you just sort of, you know, things are down the road and you don't go. So to actually get to be in central London and really embrace it all was beautiful. Um, it was so early. We went then got the tr the bus. Uh, we got the train. And this episode's gonna be really long if I tell you everything. But it was really fun um, to get the bus around London. I thought Finn would really enjoy that. Um, and then we caught up with a beautiful um, friend and client and uh, she was actually a pet sitter in my old pet sitting business. Uh, that will definitely have to be an episode all about my pet sitting business. But her name is Sarah Harrison. I got to visit her in Brunei. And so I had an international client in Brunei and I helped her uh, with her personal brand and doing some reconnecting to who she was, uh, who she is work. Uh, and she's also just a brilliant, um, brilliant person. So content creator and uh, UX uh, UX specialist. So we spent time with her and her husband, got to see where they live and meet their lovely cat and went out for lunch, had a lovely pub lunch. Just so nice to um, reconnect across the world and um, just to soak it all in. And then we went into London. I wanted to go to uh, Hamley's toy store. It was around Christmas time. Um, never be I've never been there, um, but I thought it'd be perfect for Finn. And then we turn up and out the front, they're doing this like dance. And I look across and I'm like, that face is familiar. So is that face. It's my uncle <laughs> and his partner and all of her kids standing there watching these dancers outside one of the biggest toy stores in the world, in one of the busiest cities in the world, and I happened to bump into them. It was just wild and so totally unplanned. They didn't even know I was in England yet, so they were very shocked to see us. Uh, but that was just such a lovely end to our day. And, um, yeah, it was just nice to be right in the centre of town and, and to enjoy all that. So we had a second day in London and then we headed off to the um, – to the tr train and then to get to the airport that night. So flew then to Montenegro, got in quite late, went to our hotel. Um, and it was so nice sometimes when you wake up at your hotel and in the morning you get to see the view. And I'd sort of, you know, you book these places and you don't know what it's going to be like. Uh, first time in, in that part of the world. I hadn't really been in the Balkans. Um, so the Balkan region is, you know, um, Montenegro, Croatia, Bosnia, Albania, oh, um, Serbia, all oh, that sort of bottom corner. And so we, um, yeah, got the got got in there and beautiful morning, had a lovely breakfast, um, picked a big room, good space, everything, um, and then we went and got our car. And so the nightmare begun. Um, I've told you all the rosy stuff so far. We spent three hours at the car rental place. It took five people to try and sort out our thing. Uh, our booking. They wanted to charge me $1,600, hold $1,600 of my card. They wouldn't take my Amex credit card. They would only take um, um, not Amex. So I couldn't use that. Um, and, you know, my husband has a smaller limit. I was like, we literally can't do this. Uh, so we were like forced into buying the full cover, uh, which was cheaper, but still a pretty penny. And um, and yeah, it was just 
such a hassle. Um, anyway, finally got out of there. Finn fell asleep on the way there, but then thought, oh, yes, he'll have a little nap in the car and off we go. So, no, he was then wide awake for the next leg of the drive. Um, and so, yeah, it wasn't, and unfortunately, it wasn't the nicest experience there in Montenegro. And I don't blame the country at all, but it just, we didn't really have enough time or give it enough time, to be honest. Uh, so we drove off to bon Bosnia, <laughs> as you do. And so we drove through the middle of the country um, and then um, we crossed the border, had to go through a border crossing, show passports, all of that stuff, which is just so bizarre and crazy that you just get to drive into another country. And then we got to, um, yeah, I got to, uh, oh, I missed another downfall, by the way. I had a major problem with my Amex card. Uh, they decided to decline my card the first day and I was on the phone to them, jet lagged, like 1am crying, trying to sort it out, trying to get money transferred and all this stuff so I could continue to use my card <laughs> that we were planning to use for our entire trip. So that's fun that I'll share more of in the future too. But it was um yeah, I'd had this really day of going, oh, my God, it's so amazing. We're here. We're meant to be here. And then, oh, my God, what am I doing? Uh, funny um, finance, money, business. Ah. So that was kind of unpleasant. And then to have that situation, you know, then not even be able to use the card for the car hire and for I thought, oh, great, we're going to have a lot of trouble with this uh, type of card throughout our travels. So that was not sort of the nicest welcome and trying to do it all jet lagged is, is not fun either. But um, we drove into Bosnia and we were hungry and we found a little restaurant and we just went, okay, we'll go here. And just I love, that's what I love about travel. You just end up where you end up. We had this delicious meal, um, cost next to nothing. And as I was um, paying, the woman said, are you Russian? And I was like, no, <laughs> and not a time that I would want to be declaring out loud and that I'm Russian. No, I am Australian. And then she rushed away and came back and showed me her license. And on the back of the license, she said, me, Sydney, me from Sydney. And she was actually born in Sydney and then came back to Bosnia with her parents when she was little and has lived here ever since. And her English was basic. She's like, of all the places, of all the people, I'm an Australian. And I guess we were quite in the middle of nowhere she just couldn't believe that we were Australian and I just love those moments that was really really sweet um, and lovely so we carried on to uh, Moshta uh, Bosnia and it's funny because of all the places we were going on this trip um, Bosnia was the one I was happy to leave out I was like if we feel like it's too rushed and we don't have time let's just go from Montenegro to Croatia uh, back again and then we'll go to Albania. We flew into Montenegro but had to fly out of, well, no, I didn't have to. We flew out of Albania because it was a direct flight to Belgium, um, as you do. I did like three days of stressful logistics. Um, you'll see in the show notes you can go back to um, one of my previous episodes where I talked all about the planning and the hoo-ha of what that looked like. So that was, I'm going to find you that episode so I can tell you to go and listen. Uh, it was episode number seven yeah go and have a listen to that and so you can hear the prep <laughs> before and after so anyway we booked ended up booking a two-bedroom little apartment and it was just so beautiful and stunningly decorated lovely host um here in a bunch of buildings in a row we were close to the river we were close to the famous bridge walking distance uh we had a laundry I don't it's just you just get there and it was just I don't know, just everything was meant to be. And 
we ended up falling in love with Mostar. Like we spent two nights, we decided we liked it so much. We actually stayed, we extended our stay and stayed for two nights just so that we could have some chill um, and enjoy that. Um, but I hit a wall in Bosnia and um, I, well, one, I didn't have internet. Um, and so, and I sort of went, ah, you know, I whatever, I don't have the internet, that'll have to do, um, you know, don't have much on. Probably didn't put an out of office on, wasn't helpful. But actually I had a podcast recording and I didn't get, I wasn't able to get online, didn't check it. And then the next morning had an email, got managed to get on the Wi-Fi, didn't have and had an email saying, hi, I'm waiting for you online. I'll wait another five minutes and missed a podcast recording, which I hate doing and hate putting people out. And look, probably could have looked ahead and realized. And so lesson number one, if you're don't book anything in for the first three days of your trip. And especially if you're still traveling and we didn't even know where we we're going to be. And so that's why I kind of left it open, but it still wasn't ever going to be a very good time in Europe to do that time zone thing. Um, would have been challenging either way had I turned up um, or not. Um, and I was really wrecked those few days too. So, and then of course the country where we were, um, were arrived was the one country I didn't have roaming. So I wasn't checking, able to check um my details. The other thing was um, I've got two silly things going at the moment where I had um, two email addresses because I'm transferring from my old email address to my new website at emmalevel.au. So it's emma at emmalevel.au. And so um, on my phone, it shows one calendar and on my email, on my computer, it shows another. So just all around stuffed up and messed it up. And so that's such a working away lesson. So I'm going to put a rule in place that I'm always going to have an out of office on just in case, um, you know, so someone kind of understands if I'm not in contact, why I'm not in contact. And then to um, not having anything booked for the first three or four days of arrival, because I just, I was so exhausted um, that I couldn't even kind of deal with any challenges or, or anything that came up anyway. And that's okay. Like I had three and a half weeks. So I was away for four and a half weeks actually. So what's three or four days to block out of your calendar? And also those days of trans, I've, I've also said like transit days in future, I'm going to stop um, doing anything on transit days because those days are just too hard. Um, you think you have got all this time in airports or in the car, but, you know, add into the mix a toddler and husband. I barely had time. And in the car, I thought I would do a lot of stuff and I didn't have roaming, but then I thought I could do things, but I just, I just honestly loved looking out the window. I really loved just looking out the window. I didn't listen to podcasts. I didn't listen to audiobooks. You know, my son wanted snacks or something else, or Matt needed directions, or I don't know, we were talking about something or, you know, the time just kind of, even though we were in the car sometimes for four to six hours of the day, it just, the time kind of whittled away and which is fine. But I have this thing sometimes where I want to be productive every minute of the day um, and that's not what travel's about. So kind of let go a little bit, um, managed to get out my podcast that was already planned and get out a few newsletters and I had some support um, with my OBM but we were down to ad hoc hours. So that was another lesson um, because we were on ad hoc um and I know she would have jumped in and do anything, but it made me go, oh, do I really need to put this newsletter out? Or mm, do I really need to get help on it? I could just do it myself. 
and then I wouldn't. And then the emails kind of piled up, my inbox kind of piled up a little bit, and then it feels daunting to go in there. Um, and so moving forward, I also had my, I only have um, my podcast editor as my VA is the only thing I had, whereas I used to have a VA to do social media and things like that. So I've just gone back to a retainer for my virtual assistant. So he'll be doing my podcast editing as well as any prep around the podcast. So that means releasing the social media, prepping the newsletters. Um, yeah, just just a lot of more. I'm making some video promotions, things like that. Just so a lot more pieces. Um, yeah, I get a lot of support with that. And I just think I do need it. Otherwise, I fall behind. And I don't want to not be presenting episodes. Um, the other thing is, yeah, I've just hired as well. I'm very excited. I've hired an executive assistant. So she is an assistant to me. She will jump into my inbox. She will help me with customer inquiries, customer service, um, keeping just myself, <laughs> keeping my calendar organized, keeping my data organized. Predominantly when you talk to me in my business, you talk to me. But if she can do all of that other prep, um, calendar management, uh, just sorting the emails, letting me know what's important, what's on, what I actually have to do on a day-to-day -day basis, then I can actually do the bigger work and I can have the conversations I need to have and do the podcast and, and think about the future. And so especially when I'm traveling, I just, you know, to have that support and to have somebody to keep things moving along. And I'm at a stage of my business where that is possible. Um, and not having it for a few months and doing it all myself again, which I can totally do. Um, you know, financially, yeah, it helps to have less outgoings, but it also limits my capacity of what I can do and what I can create. And so I want to stay in that place of abundance and opportunity and, uh, yeah, and it's lovely to have some team again. So thank you to Dan who's listening to pod for editing the podcast and, to lovely Amber, who's going to help me do amazing things. And to my gorgeous cat, who was my OBM for the past eight months, thank you for all of your support and everything you did uh, for me. So they were just some shout outs. So anyway, let's skip forward. Um, so yeah, just kind of kept things light, did a few things actually that um, day in Bosnia, because we had the day, mm, fun thing. I think this is going to be a long episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should stop saying I'm going to have time limits on my episodes because it's not true. Um, let me see, have a drink. Mm. Sorry, my um, yeah, my darling son ended up getting a penis infection. That's right, a penis infection. So, of all the things, I never had one at home. I had a penis infection. My husband felt terrible and blamed ourselves. And I said, "This could happen at home. It could happen anywhere. So it sucks. It's terrible, but it could happen anywhere." So. Um, let's just get on with it. And uh, we contacted our Airbnb host. He told us about a medical center. They were so lovely. They sent us to the hospital just to get a second opinion. Um, Finn was totally chill and relaxed the whole time in the hospital, in the children's room. They had like four people. I think it's a lot of people taking notes and assisting and I don't know, but they were playing toys with him and he just was like looking around, center of attention. He was fine. Um, and, yeah, I guess, yeah, they didn't charge us. Um, we just had to go to the um, chemist and get some things for him and it cleared up within a few days and he was probably a little unsettled because of that for a few days but really not dramatic and um, it just was so nice. Everyone was so kind, the taxi drivers, 
our Airbnb host, our um, the wonderful um, doctors and medical professionals. And, you know, again, this is a place where we had no roaming. <laughs> we had so no Wi-Fi when we're out and about. Um, and, yeah, probably one of the more difficult type places to communicate language-wise, but people spoke English to us and we made it work um and we were fine so yeah really high regard for bosnia and can't wait to get back and explore more so then we drove to croatia and because you know never a dull moment we went through a pothole and i said to matt that sounds like something's wrong he was like no i said "Mm, it really doesn't sound good can you check it and yep the tire had popped so thankfully we were not too far from a petrol station that we'd just been through Again, no roaming, no internet. Asked the um, the man if I could use the phone to contact the car rental company and he actually had Wi-Fi, so I got onto them. They were not helpful, uh, but we changed the tyre. They told us we had to get the exact replacement tyre and so we drove to Dubrovnik, our next donation, uh, destination on uh, that tyre. And, uh, yeah, we... <laughs> Then, yeah, the places, we went to two places and they said we don't have that tyre and it would take a week to get that certain tyre. So lots of heated messages and conversations with the car service company. Um, Very, very frustrating, very stressful. Of course, we've been driving for hours that day um, and it sucked because some of the drive was beautiful and driving into Croatia was um, so scenic and so beautiful. Um, But to then end your day on such a frustrating note was really hard. So we went back to the car place, got the the car rental company to talk to the mechanic, and they were so sweet and kind, the Dubrovnik mechanics, um, and ultimately ended up we had another burst tyre. We'd actually managed to burst two tyres, so we wouldn't have had a spare. We had to get the tyre changed. We had to do something. So um, we ended up um, they agreed we could have a different tyre. They fixed it all up for like, I think 40 euros or $80 or something like silly, you know, like just not, shouldn't have been such a big issue had they not been so strict about, you know, the tyre. So got to our Airbnb, just at the end of your rope, driving past the beautiful old town, all these beautiful views, but you're in a frustrated state, got up to the apartment and another winner. We had the most epic view over Dubrovnik. We had like... The tiny little one-bedroom apartment, but it was amazing. It had um, a closed door to the lounge room and uh, the bedroom, so we essentially had two rooms so that we could sleep separately, uh, have some space, and they had snacks out and they had wine and some beer, which was very welcome. And we went and sat on the balcony and looked over the old town as the sun set, the water glistening, and uh, just breathed and had some laughs together and although although there'd been some low points that day um, we'd also been to a waterfall that morning I was like let's look at the positives um and then we went for dinner in the old town in Dubrovnik just such a funny old day and you know again when I'm trying to work as I go I was just like that's a write-off it's not happening and one of the commitments I made when I went away that I did keep up with and I'm really proud of. There's a few that I need to catch up on, but I was doing like a reel a day. I was very active in my stories. I was doing a reel a day. I would do some summary posts. I didn't do on as much on LinkedIn as I would have liked, but I said, if I can do anything, I can do make a reel, which is something that I can look back on and something that Finn loved watching while we went um, watching these videos. And um, 
just uh, sharing sharing what we were doing. Dubrovnik, we just there for overnight, drove through Montenegro the next day and ended up in Albania. So that was a pretty big day. We went to a place called Skoda. Didn't get to really see much of Montenegro, so we'll have to go back, um, which is a shame. It's one of the places I was most looking forward to seeing. Um, so, and it's probably not, you know, now it's not the highest in, of on my list, but I want to go back. I want to go and see some of the places and spend more time there and give it its dues. We did stop at um, Sveti Stefan, which is like a little, um, it's a church out on a little island. There's a little sort of waterway, um, a little bridge uh, to get to it. So we went to the beach in Montenegro and that was really, um, that was really fun uh, to do that. And that was a nice break up of the drive uh, on the way. So anyway, we're getting, I can't believe I haven't even got through, this might have to be um, three-part series. Um, I might just arrange, I'm giving you the whole itinerary. So I'll just abridge it now. Um, Albania was amazing. We went to a castle um, there and the hotel again was amazing. $50 for a room with breakfast, beautiful little um, hospitality. And the view in the morning, waking up, seeing the sun over the lake, this huge lake um, was spectacular. And so, yeah, I really lucked out on quite a few of the accommodations. Um, views were everything to me and um, and spaciousness. So it worked out really well. Uh, then we drove, again, we changed the plan a little bit that day. We went to go to the um, city to go to the big park, famous park in Tirana, Albania. But as we drove there, the the um, traffic was hectic and we just went, no, nah. no, nah, I'm not putting us through that. So I said, let's find a restaurant near the airport. And we just lucked out. We found this gorgeous little um, little restaurant, had these trees uh, over this road, path into the like an archway, going in um, gorgeous little family-run restaurant, delicious food. And I was pretty proud. We had, I don't know, like, I don't know what the, how the current, I can't remember the currency goes, but we basically had like $20 left and we had to order kind of precisely. And I think it got it down to like the scent of we had um, a beer and some snacks and some sausages and some potato and salad. And it was like the perfect amount. And we had just the right amount of money um, because a lot of places didn't take card that we found. <laughs> that was also troublesome. And our beautiful hotel owner in Lake Shigoda actually had to run uh, he actually came into the town, found me, was like, Emma, um, handed me cash and added it to our bill so we could pay card at the hotel because we couldn't, actually there were no ATMs and we had no cash. It was, um, yeah, top tip. Just carry always like $100-ish in cash uh, if you can because, yeah, we we just kind of went down quite low with our cash expecting to be able to pay card and it wasn't possible. So, that was a, a little bit of a faux pas there. So we flew from Albania to Belgium. I'd never been to Belgium, which is surprises people because I've been to some wild places in the world, but I haven't been to some of the kind of more popular or well-known places in Europe. Uh, but we went to Belgium, stayed in um, south of Bel uh, Brussels, and then the next day we drove to Luxembourg and met up with my, or to the border of Belgium and Luxembourg, met up with my cousin, which is such a special moment. I uh, went to a memorial for US soldiers and then had lunch with their group. And it was all just very wonderful to do. And then we stayed in a place called Clairvaux in Luxembourg. 
Uh, so another new country tick, two new countries in a day. Uh, this we were racking up to now seven countries on our trip <laughs> in less, just over a week. Um, so that was pretty wild. I think it was now day eight or nine. Um, Clevo, we stayed at a well. We I kind of not accidentally, but I booked a, a wellness hotel, but it's kind of like this kind of well-known spa that people travel from other places to get to. So. Matt's kind of said for future, we need, wherever we go, we need to have a, a pool in our hotel. And I said, that's not always going to be possible. But having an indoor pool in late October with a toddler was so perfect. There was so, um, saunas and spas, which we didn't really get to use because we were spending quite a bit of time with my cousin and the group. Um, so back and forth to Belgium, Luxembourg, going to monuments. Ended up in um, Wilt, Luxembourg at the... Um, a monument to US soldiers and the US ambassador to Luxembourg turned up <laughs> and four US Marines. And I'm like, when would we ever get this experience? And the day before we had been at the um the one of the largest um cemeteries for US soldiers in Europe, um in in Belgium, and had a you know sort of special ceremony there. And yeah, it was just crazy and then to hear my cousin uh, Bill who was in the World War II in the US Navy but he was in the South Pacific hearing him tell stories and watching people listen to him I've fortunately got a lot of that history written down and I've, I've spoken to him over the years so I've heard a lot of it I will have him come on the podcast as well he's been on my um, lovely travels podcast and my live and love your brand podcast um, I will have him come on and talk to you all because uh, he's an incredible human and uh yeah He's very, he's literally a magician. So he was performing magic for people at night. Um, so we left Belgium, fond farewells, and we flew back to UK, stayed with some family. There I did get back into a bit of work. I got to do some, get on top of my emails a bit, get on top of some um, content, um, you know, get some things ready for my retreat, <laughs> just get my head in the game, even though most things were done, but just to communicate with my group, uh, just to have some solid time to sit and um, and do things. So I had a few late nights. So I said to Matthew, you'll have to stay up with Finn. Um, it's kind of the easiest way. Um, uh, I know it's not ideal for everyone, but that's one of the sacrifices you make. So put Finn to bed, say goodnight to my aunt and uncle who was staying with and work from like seven-ish, eight um, till midnight or one. And then I just sleep in till like eight or nine in the morning. And Matt would have Finn in the bed too. Cause if Finn's in the bed, he wakes up early and wriggles about. So yeah, it just was good to just sit and get some solid, solid things done, um, for those couple of nights. Uh, and then it meant as well, when I went to the wedding for three nights, um, and it was over a weekend, I could really enjoy that as well. So then we drove out to Gloucester, which is in the South of England, um well it's very near to Wales and uh we went stayed at a beautiful farm where they had their gorgeous wedding and I'm so happy we could make it happen had the wedding not been on I probably would have cancelled Europe um then you know my cousin was going to be there too so that was really special but when things felt stressful and tense and you know things were racking up expense wise I thought do we really have to go to Europe at this time and I had already said yes to the wedding but um just wasn't sure if it was possible. It is a lot to take an entire family, three of us. The flights alone, honestly, I tell you, the flights alone were $10,000 
um, that was for our inter- that was for our international flights, and then we had some internal flights. Um, sorry, that was for our major flight, and then we had to pay for um, I think another eighteen hundred or so to fly within Europe. So it's a big thing, and then car hire on top, accommodation on top. We spent um, I think I've got it written down. I think it was twenty one thousand dollars for three and a half weeks, which is about right. Um, Seven thousand dollars each. But that's my thing. You know, I used to plan for one person solo travel and now I'm paying for three people. So that's a big, that's a big thing to take into account. But travel is what I work for and what I live, what drives me, what motivates me. And to have that quality time with my husband and son was incredible. And to be at my family wedding was really special. So I'm glad we did it. Want someone that will hound you until you do the things that you need to do and absolutely stand there and support you 100%. It is no doubt in my mind that it is Miss Emma Lovell. Anyone that has M in their corner does better. She'll be your biggest cheerleader. Whatever she touches and creates is just magical. Two things about M: She is extremely generous with her knowledge and expertise. And the second thing is that she will hold you accountable long after your in-person experience, which is great. If you're not working with M, what the hell are you doing? The day after the wedding, we decided to pop to Wales, which everyone in my family thought we were just either mad or like just amazing. Guys, it was 45 minutes. From the venue in Gloucester, it was 45-minute drive to cross into a whole new country, visited this incredible abbey, Tintin Abbey, and then drive back. Like, it takes me 45 minutes. Took me, I went and picked up my uncle from the airport the other day. It took me 45 minutes to get there, 50 minutes to get there and an hour to get back. I could have gone to a whole new country in Europe, there and back, popped over the border. Anyway, that was a lovely day and long, long time coming that I had finally got to Wales. But I, of course, don't think that that's it for me in Wales. I uh, I promise to go back and to see more of it. I look forward to exploring more. Uh, and then we had one more night. So we went and stayed with my uncle, Simon, who's currently visiting Australia in their house with his partner and her three children and her daughter-in-law and their baby because uh, and they're an Indian family which is, makes my heart so happy. And it was like, I said to Matt, it's like a halfway house for us because we're on the way to India. So this is your taste taster, even though he's been to India before. But it'll be a little, um, we had a lovely Indian meal for dinner. Oh, no, we didn't actually. No, we didn't have Indian, no. Um, but just lovely um, hospitality of my now aunt Susan. Uh, so that was fabulous. And we connect over that love of family and, and culture and community. Uh, I am honorary. <laughs> the Indian culture. So yeah, then it was time to leave and uh, we flew out of Heathrow to um, Mumbai. We flew Air Canada, Air Canada Lounge at London. Again, such a perk, so beautiful to get to have that. Uh, was wonderful. The Air Canada flight, not so much. Wouldn't probably fly them again unless I really have to. Um, they weren't great with the kids. The food wasn't great. The The hospitality wasn't great and it felt quite squishy in the seats so if I have my time again no I won't fly Air Canada um but we got there safe and sound and that was good um late uh, you know late night arrival we our friends picked me up at 1 30 in the morning which was beautiful to see them there got into bed 
by the time we got to sleep about 3 a.m. So we were actually kind of worse off jet lagged in India than we were anywhere else. Uh, but it was okay. We didn't really have anything on. Um, and it was the start of leading into Diwali. So um, there was a bunch of family visiting my friends. So it was my my friend Susan, a different Susan, and her daughter Sam. And then her mother-in-law, um, Sam's grandmother, was there. And then her sister-in-law and then her son visiting from the US and then their nephews and niece visiting from Bahrain. And they had all come because they knew that I was coming to visit, which just makes me so um, emotional, to be honest, and happy. Um, I just, yeah, they're family. I've known them for 10 years or 11 years now. I stayed in their home in Delhi and we had this crazy train adventure, which is a story for another day. Uh, and it just felt really special. So, um, again, I did a bit of work that day. We just chilled out at the apartment. I could just do a bit of my computer. Finn loved playing with all the kids, uh, with all the family. We ate delicious um, pal- um, aloo bhaji. Got some, it's like an aloo potato curry. Um, you have it with this big puffed up bread, which is cooked in oil and delicious. And uh, I know uh, I love eating that. So they got that for me in. And um yeah, then we just went that night uh, out just for a rickshaw ride and Finn loved it, which was maybe so happy. He was just totally amazed. And then next thing I know, he fell asleep. And it just makes me so happy that he was so comfortable and confident in this place that can be truly overwhelming. But he wasn't even at the airport, there were all these people and he just takes it all in his stride. He didn't wasn't didn't worry about uh, all the family being there. He just adopted Sam and wanted her to play with him and um, just felt totally comfortable. And uh, had a little, they have this cool thing in India. I like it. There's like, you have like a bucket with your shower. So instead of sometimes using the shower as is, you put the water into the bucket and you use a small scoop with the big scoop, um, small scoop out of the big bucket to clean yourself. And that's actually really good because uh, sometimes um you can actually wash your hair better and I feel like you wash your body better and it's um, just kind of quite environmentally friendly, to be honest. Um, anyway, so Finn liked sitting in the bucket, having the bucket shower. Uh, but that night we went to the rickshaw, we went to Bandra, Bandra Bandstand, which is a place where you just look out over the water, look out over um, the city and we were late. We were in Mumbai in India and we were got there quite late so it was dark. It wasn't late, it was just dark. And we just went for a little walk and we ended up at this hotel. And I was like, hmm, this hotel looks familiar. And it turns out to be the Taj Land's End Hotel, which is a hotel I went to 13 years ago for a wedding. And I was like, oh, my God, I've just popped up to this venue. So I said, let's go in for a drink and a snack and then we'll, we'll head back. And as we were walking in, Matthew said to, you know, Matt Finn says, we're going. Where are we going? Where We're going, he says that all the time. And Matt said, we're going into a place that mummy and daddy can never afford. And I was like, hang on a minute. I love manifesting and I love thinking abundantly and I love thinking about the future. And I just said, hang on a minute. Like, one, don't say that. Like, we actually can most likely afford this. We can afford this. I know we can. But also, I don't think this is as expensive as you think. Like, it's quite grand. It's an incredible, um, huge hotel. It's a five-star hotel. And we got there just at the right time. They were doing a beautiful, um, they do an evening sort of prayer ceremony and then they also do a whiskey ceremony. Uh, and so all the staff come out and do this lovely ceremony. So it was wonderful to watch. 
Anyway, we got inside and I went on bookings.com and it was 211 Australian dollars for a night. Last minute, like that day, we wanted to stay there that night. I said, Matt, that's cheaper than a hotel like down the road from us. I know there's a, road, a hotel down the road that's $750 um, for a night. So there's that. And I just said, we can afford that. And But we're staying with friends and that's lovely. That's what we chose to do. And so I wrote to my travel partner. So I, I partnered with an Indian travel company called Indus Bound. I've partnered with them for seven, uh, six years now, or nearly seven. I'm an um, Australian representative for them and I help people plan their trips to India. So that's why I'm able to do so much over there. Um, why I chose to run my first international retreat there. But I wrote to Pankaj and I said, um, oh, you know, funny story. We've ended up at the Taj Land's End and Matthew said that we couldn't afford to stay here and I've looked it up and it's totally affordable. And he said, oh, tell me how much. And I said, oh, on bookings.com, and I said 10,000 rupees, you know, $200. And he goes, okay, well, do you want to stay there? <laughs> and I said, no, no, I'm just telling you a story. I think it's funny. And he said, well, you can stay there. He said, you know, um, Matt and Finn are only here for a few days. Maybe you should stay there. And I said, no, 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 no. We're staying with friends. It's lovely. It's fine. And then he said, well, when are they leaving? And I said, the 11th of November. And he said, okay. And I said, we won't stay here this time. We're staying with friends. But next time I'd love to go and stay at the um, Taj Mahal Palace Hotel, which is in the sort of downtown Mumbai, it's in front of the gateway to India and it's one of the most iconic hotels in India, um, maybe the world. It's it's phenomenal and the view's phenomenal and just the magnificence of this hotel. Um, so it's called the Taj Mahal Palace Hotel. Look it up. Um, so I said next time I'd like to stay there. I've visited, I've had lunch there. I just, um, I've been around, but I just would really like to stay there. He said, okay. So he said, all right, 10th night, it's Finn's first day in India and it's Matt and Finn's first night. They should have a nice pool to play and so I'm booking you in. And I said to Matt, you know, 10 minutes ago you said to me, we could never stay, we could never afford to stay here and now we're going to stay here for free. And so that was just such a lovely gift. Um, and it's nice for me to experience the different hotels as well because I do promote them and, and tell people where to stay. So anyway, uh, we went back to the house and then we saw some friends over the next few days and then we moved to the hotel for the last night and we went back to Bandra and went to the hotel and checked in and they were so sweet to Finn and they gave him a gift and they did this lovely welcome and then the woman said I can't find you in the system and I said oh yeah well no my, my colleague booked me in she said yeah I, no I can't find you and I said okay well here's the confirmation and I showed her the confirmation and she said oh madam this is for the Taj Mahal Palace Hotel you're at the Taj Land's End Hotel and I was just like, oh, my God, I've ended up at the wrong five-star hotel. <laughs> like, how? <laughs> Whoopsie. It was just so, and I was like, you can forgive me for being confused. We were sitting in the Taj, Mahal, Taj Land's End when he was asking about booking us in. You can forgive me for being confused. But it was one of two mistakes that I made while I was there. I wasn't, I didn't read it properly. I um, I just assumed. So, uh, which is another reason why we've discussed that I might get a driver next time I go because, um, so I don't make silly mistakes with my travel plans. So anyway, we got a cab downtown. So it was a lot of, it was an hour extra in the car, which didn't need to be, but it was, it was still fine. 
And we ended up at this stunning hotel. My gorgeous friend, Eleanor Gabriel, who's going to be on the podcast soon, came to meet us. She's a comedian who travels internationally and she was in Mumbai, came to hang out with us at the pool and it was just such a beautiful stay. And the morning after when we checked out, I, um, I was struggling to keep it together as we checked out, um, paying my bill. <laughs> They had been so kind and so the hospitality, the service is exceptional. And um, it is a little bit more. The, the rooms go for around $500 there. So uh, with with reason, they are incredible. And the service is next to just nothing else I've seen. Um, they took a photo of us when we arrived and they took a photo of me and Finn by the pool and they got them printed up and delivered to our room, which is like the most beautiful little uh, gift that we got to keep and I just walked away and um into the lobby and I just burst into tears and Matt's like oh no what's wrong and I was feeling emotional like my retreat starting the next day Matt and Finn are leaving they were flying out that night I was going on for 10 days by myself but really it was just that when I was 18 I came I when I was 17 I first came to India and when I was 18, I went back and I stayed across the road in the fabulous Royal Bombay Yacht Club. I stayed there we, thanks to a lovely friend who um, is was a member. You can only stay there for a member. And I woke up my first morning in Mumbai with a view over the gateway to India and the, the Taj Mahal Palace Hotel next door, this sunrise that I can, I think I have the photo somewhere, but I can picture in my head so perfectly. And I was so in love with this place and so inspired and hopeful. And then that day I went into the Taj Mahal Palace Hotel and walked around at this magnificence and I thought one day I'll stay here. I would love to come back here. And 18 years later, half my lifetime later, but really a short time, I'm back there. And I said, we're in India because of me. Our first visit, I was here because of my dad. And, and my first few visits, you know, I came with contacts that I met through my dad. But I'm here now because of me. I'm here running a retreat, um, bringing other people to India. I'm here with my husband. I'm here with my son. And not only are we here at this magnificent hotel that I've dreamt of staying at, but we were here as a gift of a colleague who I've I've built the relationship with and that I work with to bring other people to India. And I just couldn't believe it. And I was like, this is our life and this is going to be our life moving forward. I just felt so abundant and so grateful and so excited for the future that this is the life that we're creating. Um, so write things down, make dreams, make plans. They will come true and hold on to them. It might take 18 years, but it will happen. And I just couldn't have imagined how wonderful it could be. And so we went back to my friend's house and I packed up and I left Matt and Finn and I was distraught. It was a very emotional day. <laughs> I was distraught at leaving them, but um, I knew, it. I mean, no, I just was more worried about them getting on a flight, more worried about my clients' um, visas and, and, and flights and everything getting into the country than I was about my own. And, again, I didn't, didn't check the message from my colleague. Uh, my flight had... Um, terminal had changed so I ended up at the wrong terminal went into the wrong terminal had to get checked out of the terminal had to pay a cab driver to drive into the other terminal uh, and made it to check in with 20 minutes to spare and so I just said I can't be trusted with my own arrangements and I just had so much on in my brain 
but it was that whole like put your oxygen mask on first and I nearly stuffed up Finn's I did stuff up Finn's visa in India uh, in England and um because I'd left it so late and uh it only it came the day before uh because I made a mistake on it and um just again I was thinking about everybody else's stuff and not what we needed to do so good lesson there to remember um the other cool thing I did just before the while I was staying at our friend's place in Mumbai was I woke up really early one morning I woke up at 4 30 or 5 o'clock and I did a presentation for an organization called Wista Australia and presented to a group of women about how to build your profile online and I was paid to do that and it was so amazing to wake up, do a presentation. I was very tired. I was a bit anxious, to be honest, about um, that was the only downside. I was a bit anxious about whether I would wake up on time and if the internet would connection would work and if there would be quiet in the house um, or how I would do it. I even thought about going and staying in a hotel myself just so I could make sure the setting was okay. But it all worked out at the house. I did the presentation. It went really well. And um, it was just really cool to be like, wow, this is the evolution of my business that I'm now making money uh, by doing presentations for groups and organisations um, online and I can do that as a speaker. Um, and I'm also making money while being in India because I'm running a retreat here. So, yeah, it was a really incredible um, kind of moment. And I've already done an um, episode about the Rest and Receive retreat. I did a Reflections episode and that's number 16. So I hope you'll go and listen to that. And my next big international retreat is going to be in Sri Lanka. So I also did an episode about that in number 16. Uh, so you can have a listen there. I know this has been a long episode. Um, I probably should summarise the, the pros and the cons, but I think the lessons were, um, yeah, don't, don't plan anything on transit days. Uh, basically have an out-of-office on the whole time just in case. Um even though there's transit, like car travel, planes, et cetera, just be gentle with how much you can actually achieve. Um, set yourself a small goal. Like for me it was make sure the podcast ran the whole time I was away. Um, newsletters, I got those prepped a bit but not as much as I would have liked, but that was okay. I got the podcast done and, you know, the goal for next time is to make sure the podcast, the emails, they're sort of running so that I'm still communicating with everyone whilst I'm travelling. And then, you know, the other thing I'm really proud of that I did was, yeah, keeping up with the social media, um, sharing stories on Instagram, um, sharing some really important highlights as I went, sharing really honestly in Belgium when I had a real meltdown in Brussels, um, really stressed about business, really stressed about family, um, about my nephew back home uh, who's terminally ill uh, and just had a real night where I just everything felt really hard and um, worrying. So, yeah, really two different ends of the scale. But um, pros and cons, the con, I've talked about them as well, but I would take the cons for the pros, like to get to travel with my boys for three and a half weeks, to get to share my favourite country in the world with them, to get to still run a retreat, um, to have that dream come true. I just, yeah, and the, co the cost is um, some sacrifice of a little bit of sleep or time at some points. Um, it's a little bit of sacrifice of um, money, a big sacrifice of money, but that's what I put my money towards. That's a choice I make. And this is the choice I make to live the life that I love. And so I hope this inspires you um, to think about some work and, and travel or travel while you work or work while you travel. 
Um, please ask me questions. This is a topic I love talking about. So please do send me your questions and I would love to hear from you. Have a wonderful day and I hope you've enjoyed this <laughs> long episode. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening, lovely one. I hope this has inspired you to dream big and start creating a life you love today. If you love what you're hearing, don't forget to follow and rate on Spotify and rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. It helps other awesome people to find this podcast and get motivated and inspired as well. Want to stay connected? Come and join the Live A Life You Love group on Facebook or connect with me on Instagram, emmalovell.au. The same as my website, but all the details are in the show notes, lovely. I'll see you next episode for more inspiration, motivation, and freedom seeking. Now go out there and live a life you love.